What's happening, everybody? Hope you had a good weekend. Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. Hope you guys had a good weekend. Let's start out and check in with everybody and do a little bit of what's the haps. Hey. Hey. What's the haps? What's happening in your life right now, Amy? We are now letting our daughter drive in parking lots. Oh, wow. To learn how to drive. She's 14 and a half-ish. So, I mean, we're getting close. Once she gets 15, we'll start doing the learner's permit. So we thought her being in a parking lot safe with us is, you know, time for her to learn the basics. What's the situation on a permit? Because when I was a kid, it was 14. I had it at 14. Oh, I had mine at 15. I don't know. In Arkansas, it's 14. What is it here where we are? What's the, can you get it at 14? Good question. I've just been going off my childhood. So I was assuming at 15. (laughs) (laughs) That was a long time ago. She would take, go start driver's ed. And then we would, I mean, look, we're not in a rush, but I mean, it would be awesome if she could drive herself to school and stuff. Well, that would only be if someone's in the car with her. I mean, she doesn't get a permit and just get to go run wild in front. I think I Amy needs a lesson on permits. <laughs> no, some of my friends they would have a uh, with a hardship. hardship. Yeah, that's, and, and that's different. They could, yeah, they were driving themselves to school at fourteen, fifteen. Here, learner permits are available to fifteen-year-olds. There you go. Who have passed vision and class D knowledge exams. Okay. We should do like tomorrow or the next day, like general driving quiz. Okay. And see how good oh, we man. would do. We may not. Great. We may not pass that. Yeah. What's the haps? Hey. Hey, what's the hash? Eddie? Oh, huge argument going on in my house, and it's basically me losing this argument because I picked what my two-year-old was going to be for Halloween. I had it all planned out. He was going to be a, uh, a troll, like a lucky troll. You know, I, I ordered the little rhinestone for his belly button, a cool pink wig, and he was going to walk around kind of like a troll showing his belly. And then my wife's like, well, he's." we were at the store, and he saw a Spider-Man costume, and he liked it. So she bought it. I'm like, I already ordered the wig and the jewel. So I guess he wants to be Spider-Man. And I'm like, look, he doesn't even know what Halloween is. We're going to have so much fun with him dressed as a a, a troll. And we're going to enjoy that more than he is. And so I'm going to lose the argument. And he's going to be Spider-Man, not a troll. So the two-year-old gets to decide? I guess. I mean, he's not going to remember anything. But my wife says, like, he picked it. He probably knows what he wants to be. What about when you take, like, a when your kids were really young and you took them on a vacation? Or you went to, I don't know, Disney. Yeah. And they're one. I'm going to remember that. Right. Exactly. So it's a it's a trip for us. That's so the like, way I see it. Why don't you dress up as the troll? No, You no, do it with the jewel. No. Please. Oh, guys. I tell you what, you can take and that bed bag, the Rolling Stone bed Belly bag, hanging out. <laughs> and you don't have to cook dinner for Caitlin and I if you dress up like a troll for Halloween with your belly hanging so out. So I just walk around with the big wig and the jewel in my belly no button. Shirt, no shirt, the jewel in your belly button hanging out. I mean, out. yeah, if you want it Dang so bad. It. Eddie's also trying to change the bet terms now. We made a bet. Eddie said, hey, you went to the Rolling Stones with me in 2015. I, I lost said, the bet. Fair said, and no, I didn't. And so he has to cook dinner for Caitlin and I. Well, Caitlin's like, well, let's invite Eddie's wife over, too, because they hang out. Sounds fun. And then Eddie's like, we're just going to bring all the kids, too. Like, because the bet, what, the bet's going to cost me $100 on babysitting now. I'm like, that wasn't the deal. You lost the bet. So now, hey, you go on me over, the whole family's coming over. Okay. <laughs> I'll talk to my agent. <laughs> all right. Who's Caitlin? We'll see. Uh, hey. Hey. What's the hatch? Raymundo, what's going on? Yeah, so I uh, got an Apple Watch a couple months ago for my birthday, and I always had this weird injury on my left wrist. I haven't been able to lift more than 15 pounds, and I noticed when I was going to the gym, it was fine to go 20 pounds, 25 pounds, 30 pounds. I'm now lifting with my left wrist, and what do you know? On my left wrist is my Apple Watch. My Apple Watch healed my wrist, and I now no longer have that injury. For whatever reason, 
the Wi-Fi that flows through it. <laughs> it just makes my wrist feel a lot better. I work out with it. I never let this thing get off my wrist. I've never had a stronger wrist all because of the Apple Watch. How do you charge it? Well, I charge it at night. When I go to sleep, it's probably a weak wrist. Yeah. But then when I wake up, I put the watch on, I'm ready to go. You think the Apple Watch healed an injury? I swear to you. Why? Well, how? Did you look up how? Like, what would have happened? How a wrist would have healed? Could it be the metal that's used? Because don't they have those bracelets that, those like, magnets. golfers or people wear that, like, helps your... That's not going to help an injured wrist. If you look on the back of it, if you look on the front of it, there's a lot of weird little metals, as you guys said, that are probably doing something to the joints in my wrist. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, it's either the Wi-Fi or the metals. We've gone a few directions here, but... You think the watch fixed your broken wrist. It wasn't broken, but it had major pains in it. I'm pain-free. And do you recommend this to other people suffering from wrist injuries? Absolutely. Okay. Anything you guys want to say to this? I mean, I think he needs to reach out to Apple. He could get an endorsement. Bones, doesn't your wrist hurt? You had to get an MRI the other day. Don't you have an Apple Watch? I do. Did it put help? it on. Well, I put it on my, my bad wrist. Is my, okay, okay. Switch the wrist, I'm going to have dude. to switch wrist. Yes. I'm left-handed. <laughs> okay. We start our own trial here to figure it out. Okay. All right. I'm going to put this watch on. Bye. All right. Uh, let's do mine. Hey, what's the hatch? Do you guys use an air fryer? Yes. Yes. You like gave me one for birthday or something, Christmas. It's the greatest. We make everything on the air fryer. Kaylin can basically cook anything with the air fryer, and it's quick. We made pasta the other day with the air fryer. Quick, easy, and they're not that expensive based on how good they are for you. You know, much better than fried stuff. Yeah. So I would recommend, and listen, I don't use it a whole lot. I do peaches. I'll do peaches in the air fryer. You fry peaches? They're really good, yeah. And then that I'll put a yeah. little, little honey on them, Ooh. hot and fried. Like peach nice. cobbler. But I would I would recommend an air fryer to anybody for the kitchen mm-hmm. that if they don't have one, at least try it out. I gave one of my other friends one too, and he was raving about it. That's what it, reminded me of. And there's something else Caitlin does too that I learned is a genius. Get what? some of that parchment paper, and then you put it in the air fryer bucket. That don't way you have never to have to clean, clean it. Yes. Amazing. The best. I didn't know that wasn't normal. That's just what I've always yeah. done. <laughs> that's what I've been taught. I had no idea until I saw her do it. All right, that's what's the haps. Hey! Hey! What's the haps? It's time to open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hello, Bobby Bones. I'm a longtime listener and tried adapting your 8 out of 10 compromise scale for things that come up between my husband and I. This past weekend was my 10-year class reunion, and this was a 10 out of 10 for me. He agreed to come to the reunion, but the whole night... He had an upset look on his face because he did not want to be there. There were people he could have talked with, but he stayed to himself. I was having fun catching up. I mean, I hadn't seen him in 10 years. My question is, what do I do when he agrees, but then stays miserable the whole time? How can I adapt this skill like you have? Sincerely, disappointed wife. First, let me explain the skill that my wife and I have. She doesn't love doing things in the public eye. And so, but she's also said, hey, if it's important to you, I'll do it. So we have a scale where I say, hey, this is eight out of 10 worth to me. And so she's like, great, I'll do it. We did the cover of that magazine recently. So today it's eight out of 10. Uh, we did Bear Grylls. I said, it's nine out of 10. But sometimes she'll go, how important is it? I'll go five. She chooses not to do it. But then she'll do the same back to me. There are things that we do where she's like, yeah, this is a solid eight out of 10. Would you do it? Absolutely. That's our rule. Now that works for us. It may not work for everybody. How many of those do you get a year? No, no, none. I mean, all. Okay. It's just generally. As they come up. Yes. And so I'm trying to get her to do a podcast right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> she just doesn't want to do that right now, but I think I can get her to okay. that point. 
but I'm, I'm working what do, on her. What do you mean you think you can get her to that point and you're working on her? What does that mean? <laughs> anyway, so this email came in. <laughs> Here's the thing. It doesn't matter what the number on is on this scale. If he agreed to go, he can't be a butthead like that. He can't agree to go and then be miserable. Ugh, and what a horrible place for him to choose to be miserable because you're at your reunion. You're like, this is my husband. And, and they're there. all like, dang. I really- don't think it's a scale <laughs> issue. And hey, I, I feel complimented that you would use what works for us in our relationship because it does work for us. But he can't agree and then go and be sour the whole time because then that makes your experience worse. Right. And this was about you taking him with you. To experience something that was so important. A 10-year anniversary is awesome if you can go. But it, he did do that, so what does she do? Well, what she does is you don't adjust the scale. You say, hey, if you agree to do something, I need you to actually show up. And not just show up with your body, but show up emotionally, mentally, mm-hmm. physically. Even if you hate doing it, you got to be there for me because there are things I do for you that I don't want to be there for you, but I do because that's what we, we do in a relationship. So... It's not a scale issue. It's him maturing. You mean say something to him real quick? Yeah. No. <laughs> hey, guy, you can't do this to your wife. You can also just not go. I'd rather you not go than go and be a butthead. Oh, absolutely. So, She's dear Mr. Butthead, stop being a Mr. Butthead. <laughs> butthead. That's what I would say. You? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it works for you and Caitlin because y'all are both mature about it and you care about the other person's feelings. Like, you're going because you know it's important and then you don't want to ruin it for them. So he needs to, I guess in this case, he's being a little selfish. So we need to back off of the selfishness and then hopefully she can express to him how it made her feel and he'll want to make changes. Worst case scenario, he does and gives you an eight and you go and you just... Oh. Show them how. No, right it's back, right not. Back at him. It's not tit for tat. It is. Remember, I want every Wednesday to be Biblical Wednesday. <laughs> oh my gosh. Eye for an eye. Remember that? <laughs> yes, I remember oh. that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the mailbag. Morgan, if people want to email us, what do they do? Mailbag at bobbybones.com. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank. Barbara, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, Bobby. We have the same color on today. Well, I'm extremely colorblind, I'll be honest with you, so I'm going to take your word for it. (laughs) Well, we have red on, just so you know. Thank you very much. Hey, I have a question. I was uh, looking at some notes before we were coming on together, and I always love when you're on the show. You you have a great podcast called Business Unusual, but you you have this phone number that people can call and ask you questions, which is uh, 888-BARBARA. But what's yep. the what's the most asked question to you? Who who is you know the guru of making money in business? Probably where do I get the money to start is the most asked question, but it's not the most interesting. I got one yesterday from this crazy guy who said he was going to make me nine feet tall and bring back the dinosaurs and we could sell them off at a huge profit. I get people who ask me how do I leave my husband tomorrow, not today, <laughs> but tomorrow. Uh, how do I fire my mother? I get every kind of question in the world, but the most common is how do I get my hands on the money to get started. And that's just get started with like a a small business, right? Absolutely. Or sometimes they have dreams of grandeur and they want to start with 700 employees. So you get your nut jobs there too. (laughs) Oh, so that would be a nut job having a dream of a new business with 700 employees. Yeah. Yeah. Start big. And then if we have to scale back, we'll do it. We only need about seven, $8 million for me to be, be my partner, please. (laughs) Before you got started and before you are what we know you for now is being wildly successful. And you had to start out. It was basically what a thousand bucks. Thousand bucks. Hey, that was worth probably ten thousand then. So it sounds like less than it really was. So you have this thousand bucks, and and what do you do, and how did you know to do it without the advice of somebody like yourself? 
Well, I knew I only had the thousand and it was not never going to happen again. So I figured out what I was going to have to pay to rent a phone for a month, what I'd have to pay to sublease the desk from the accountant that I subleased it from, what my cab fare would cost and what a three line ad in the New York Times advertising one listing would cost. And that made me realize I had roughly seven weeks to stay in business. So I went out of the gate like a gangbuster, knowing I had seven weeks to make my first deal. And as luck would have it, I made my first $340 rental in the very first week. So that extended my lifeline for two weeks and on and on and on it went. You know, I was just running against the clock. There's a great advantage to being short on cash, man. Every nickel and dime you spend carefully, uh, you're scared to death every minute. And uh, that is the best formula for suggest, uh, for success. I think, in, I think fear is a wonderful motivator. Is it odd to you now at this point in your career and your level of success because people like myself only see you as the wildly famous and wildly successful businesswoman and person on Shark Tank. But I have to imagine you inside your core still see the person that was just hustling and grinding so hard, wondering if you could ever make it happen. Isn't it weird that the perceptions we have upon ourselves, but how others see us as well? It's, it's not only weird, but everybody likes success. Everybody likes to see the finished product in anything. Nobody really wants the nuts and bolts of how to get there. But the most is to be learned, really, from looking at the, the nuts and the bolts of getting there, uh, because that's the piece that everyone can identify with. That's the piece everyone can mimic and uh, use to make themselves successful. So I love seeing the backstory on anybody who's successful. It's never, well, if you're a privileged kid and you inherit a ton of money, I guess you're successful from the start. But usually with those kids, never successful in their own mind. Do you still feel like that person who's just starting out? I do not because I live in luxurious quarters. I have many vacation <laughs> homes. Uh, I can pretty much buy anything I want short of a private jet or a yacht, my, my accountant tells me. So, no, I don't feel poor. But do I feel ashamed when I open my closet and see how many beautiful outfits I have? I go to bed guilty every night. Swear to God. I think how many people can this dress feed? And and yet I buy the new dress because I need to look good on Shark Tank. So that's how I justify it. It's a business expense. I have to look good on Shark Tank. <laughs> if people are going to listen to your podcast, and again, we may have a lot of people now that didn't even know you had a podcast, which is you know why you're on the show to promote this. What in the world do you do on Business Unusual that people could take for their normal lives? You know, I give honest advice and people surprisingly on a hotline are ridiculously open, which I love. They will tell me the deepest, darkest secrets. They won't hide anything. I almost sometimes think I'm more soulful than their therapist, maybe because they're not paying and that helps a little bit. But they will get the truth out of me. And you know what I'm very good at doing is uncovering the fears that they're not looking straight in the face and kind of breaking it down for them as to how they get over it. You know, fear is a terrible thing. You live procrastinating on stuff. You know it. It stinks. It feels bad in your belly. But people see like go from a to z how do i get there i i'm good at breaking it down like let's step a b and c and that's enough and by the time you get to d you'll have your first success because i really have seen that with people people are surprisingly resilient and far more capable than they give themselves credit for with season 13 of shark tank do you ever worry that you're just gonna run out of finding new investments i mean listen i've been on american idol now for four seasons and i'm like when I wonder if kids are ever going to stop being good singers. Like, I worry about this. Do you worry like we're just going to get a bunch of crap now? 
No, no. I worry about, please, dear God, don't send me one more golf product going through those doors. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I worry about the repeat categories that I'm like, ah, you know, uh, drinking cups. That's been a big one in the last few years. No, I don't worry about it because people have the wackiest ideas and some of the wackiest things have been the ones I've made the most money on. And so I'm always looking for that dark horse, like the thing that I'm not taking so seriously that becomes a big hit. So the surprise element uh, is always there. I don't think we'll run out of stuff. No, too frequent a category visit, but not run out of stuff. Yeah. What's the biggest and and worst investment that you've made per Shark Tank that we've seen on this show? Well, the worst investment I wouldn't even name because they sued me when they lost all their money, like I lost their money. So that's crazy. Uh, but that was a um, exercise product that went nowhere. Okay. That's all. I'll leave it at that. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to talk about it. <laughs> Honest God. I hate litigation. I hate hiring attorneys, whatever. Okay. Uh, but the most surprising and uh, traumatic success I had was uh, certainly uh, with two guys that came in, very smart guys, filled with energy, no business experience. And they had this oversized blanket named Comfy that they said everybody was going to be crazy about. They didn't know where they'd make it. They didn't know what it costs. They didn't know how they'd sell it. But they knew the world was going to really be crazy about it. And of course, uh, what happened is they've sold like crazy uh, in the four years we've been together. No one saw that hit coming. And we ha- we've had over, I think, 80 million Four four hundred wow. million. I always get the numbers. I have to look to somebody. I can't remember numbers. Four hundred million dollars in sales. Who saw that coming? <laughs> the Comfy, my biggest hit so far. Do you carry cash on you? Um, twenty dollars in my in my iPhone. I have a great uh, iPhone with a strap on it because I'm always losing. I'm old enough to not know where I ever put it, and I keep twenty dollars at a credit card in the back pocket. And you know, I could go through two weeks without spending that twenty. Everything in New York is about credit card. Do you have a secondary, like how, when you're rich and famous like you, do you have two phones, one for like the people that you kind of like and then one for the people you love? Uh, no, because I can separate them out on who's texting, right? Uh, so that's not a problem. But I do have one phone that I'm constantly thinking of throwing in the Hudson River because it's so constant. You can't get away from it. And I really do. I mean, you obviously need these instruments to survive and run your business. I run mine off my iPhone. Uh, but on, on another level, uh it takes a lot away from living in the present, I believe. I think it clutters the mind much more so. I used to be able to hop in a cab and think about the meeting I just went to or the person I just visited or who I want to ask for what and, and reflect on things. Now I hop in a cab and I have to return 30 texts or emails. So I think it takes away uh, the thought time and the ability to improve your decision making. I really do think so. And I like to get away from it, but it's a Pandora's box. You fall down that hole. Help, help. You don't know how the heck to get out of there. I have two more questions for you. And by the way, you guys can call uh, the phone number 1-888-BARBARA and leave her a question and she will answer it on her podcast. Much like we have our number here, you can call and, and ask her about anything. Uh, she, you ever call people back? That'd be a fun one if all of a sudden you actually call them at home. And you're like, hey, yes, this is, I have. you yes, have? I have? Yes, of course I have. Uh, you have to realize sometimes I have a hard time getting them back. But when I get them, they do not believe it's me calling. I have the same voice, talking the same way. No, they say. Yes, I say. No, they say. Yes, I say. And so it takes a couple of minutes to break through even after I'm calling them back. Yeah. Okay, here's, it's kind of a funny experience. The two questions I have for you. And, and yeah. a- Amy's daughter on the show is 14 years old. And it, uh, they sent her a pamphlet at home. And they said, hey, what is your weakness? And I think people are asked that in interviews sometimes. So if, if you're in 
in a business situation or a job interview and they go, hey, so what's your biggest weakness? How would you answer that question? Well, number one, most important thing is you never answer it honestly. Forget about the honest answer uh, because you don't want to disclose your biggest weakness. You want to choose a weakness that fits in with the job description. So, example, um, I don't. You, you're going to join a team, for example. You've already uh, conjured up the idea that this company really believes in teammanship. Then you say, you know, the problem is I don't enjoy doing projects by myself. A nice, safe weakness. Oh, that's a good one. She's a girl for me. Yeah, wow. that, that's a good one. How do you, okay, the last question to, uh, that I want to ask you, because, you know, as someone like you yourself. You've got a lot of questions there, Bobby Bones. I guess what I do, because I'm also just so interested in you, and you're also a great guest. So pardon me for being so in love with the, the content you bring to my radio show, Ms. Corcoran. Okay. Uh, I, I accept all that criticism and, and love and whatever you call it, yeah. Uh, I follow celebrities on Instagram, and they show off a lot of their wealth. Um mm-hmm. When you see someone doing that, do you go, eh, they ain't near as rich as they seem or they wouldn't be showing it off? Or how, how do you feel about a lot of these, a lot of the flexes on social media? Honestly, it they could be as rich as they say. They could be richer than they're even showing off. I think what that is, is nothing more than a reflection of how insecure the individual is, how far they've traveled from their roots when they were worried about whatever money issues they had and how far they've come personally and feeling comfortable with money. So when you see that, you see insecurity. I see uh, a lack of authenticity uh, because they're insecure. And I get it. I don't brag about stuff. That's not my thing because my mother would come back from the grave and kill me. Uh, But uh, I get insecurity. You know, if you're any good at what you do, you are insecure or you don't improve. I mean, I wish I could be more secure, but my insecurity is what drives me. So I've learned to welcome it in on a good day. Other days I hate hate the insecurities guts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Her podcast is Business Unusual. You guys can call. That's the great thing about it. 888-BARBARA. And she's taking a lot more audience questions. She answers a lot. Of, as you can see here, she answered 734 so of my questions. Yes, that's what she does. She answers <laughs> well, that wasn't quite that much. All exactly. questions. Uh, Barbara, thank you. Great to talk with you. Congratulations on the success of the podcast. Obviously, you're massively successful everywhere. So it's just a pleasure to, get to spend some time with you. And thank you for wearing my outfit. I appreciate you're, it. You're welcome. See you later. Uh, mine's <laughs> the cheaper version, though. Yeah. Bobby Bonchon. The latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30 Second Skinny. Scotty McCreary's song Five More Minutes inspired a Hallmark movie by the same title. While Scotty isn't in the movie, he is an executive producer on the project. The movie will air November 20th at 10 at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Pistolanis released their first Christmas album, Hell of a Holiday, last week, and they shared how they came up with the album's name. We were up in the mountains, and she was like, we call it Hell of a Holiday, and we all were like, ding! Yes! <laughs> Had to put a little bit of some sass in there. You can't just be <laughs> joyful Christmas all the way. It's Pistolanis. <laughs> Not too sweet. Lady A talked about their new album, What a Song Can Do. This album is a very present continuation of that with us working um, on music that it was our way of, of coping with the world stopping and everything we were going through um, as a band and just wanting to be really honest and stay true to what we do. I'm Morgan number two. That's your skinny. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. An afternoon hike took a scary turn for a family in Kentucky. A four-year-old boy was hiking with his parents. 
at the Red River Gorge when he slipped and took a tumbling fall off of a cliff. On his way down, he plunged 70 feet, hitting multiple ledges along the way. Imagine you're watching that, your oh kid. Gosh. Like, Nightmare. No, Just I can't. Authorities say his father rushed down the cliff to save him. He picked him up, carried him downhill across a suspension bridge before meeting up with emergency crews. Somehow, the boy wasn't injured except for some scrapes and bruises. They say, quote, nothing short of a miracle. Is it because the kid was like rubber and four? I don't, yeah, maybe. You, I don't know. When my nephew was around that age, he got run over by a car. Totally fine. Our boss's son, old boss's son, got run over, over his chest by a car. Now, How, I know that's not always the case. Totally fine. But, How old was he? Four or five. Gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. The Over the chest? Yeah. Wow. Like rubber. I don't know when kids stop being rubber. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm going to assume they're never really rubber. <laughs> but isn't it crazy? He fell 70 feet down and Dang. he was just like, ow. Mm-hmm. Well, that is awesome. I, mean, I wish the emergency crews had like a great story, but they were like, we don't need to do anything except put a Band-Aid yeah, on. Well, that's wow. awesome. Well, yeah, you know, there might be some internal trauma from <laughs> that Well, in like 10 have. years, we'll revisit this. <laughs> yeah. uh, that That's great, though. He's safe. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. How old do you think the average new dad is in America? Amy? 25. Eddie? Mm, I'm going to stay with the young two. I'd say 23. The average dad now is 31 years old. Wow. Which is about three and a half years older than new dads from the generation before. I look at this and I'm 41. I have no kids yet. We plan to have kids at some point. I'll be over 40, but that's up to about 10%. They just say people are working more. Are they getting married later? Doing other career things later. There also, there aren't as many accidental pregnancies. Yes. Which bring that number down. That's a good point. How old was everybody's dad? Like, my biological dad was 17 when I was born. Yours? My dad was in his 20s, early 20s. Because he had my brother, my older brother, way Oh, young. yeah, he had a kid before you. Yeah. Yeah, you? Uh, late 40s. Were you? I was the fourth child from the third marriage. So that was late in his career. So, I mean, he had, <laughs> my, I have a half brother and half sister that he had him in his young 20s. How old is your half brother, the oldest? 50, I don't know the math now, but 55 or something. Does it seem like a generation difference? I mean, he's cool. I, <laughs> I, my brother's very cool. He does not, yeah, yeah, yeah. he, he <laughs> doesn't have kids. He's like a big computer nerd guy. Like, I, he's up to all the speed of, Thing. Like he can talk anime with my 14 year old daughter. He's very well versed in a lot of things, so I don't feel like my brother's old. Morgan, your dad was how old? He would have been in his early 30s. Like first kid. That's how I should have phrased it. How old were they when they had their first oh. kid? Still early 30s because my two oldest sisters who are in their 40s now are my mom's, and she was in her 30s when she had them. I don't know when we're going to have kids, but for sure, I'm, it's going to be tough for me because I'm going to be having to, my kids are going to be the same age as other kids and are going to hang out with people. <laughs> and so the dad's going to be like 30 and I'm going to be 55. <laughs> I'm like, what do, what do I even do here? Hey, I, I've seen some of those dads and they hang, That's you know, fine. like at baseball games and stuff. You can see there's like, oh, he's an older dad, but we hang. It's all good. You hang with, you are older now. I no, think. no, no. There's some older than me. Really? With kids my, yeah, with kids the same, same age as mine. So I just need to wear Yeezys. <laughs> All right, Kristen's back. She lost Who Wants to Be a 100 Air last week. Kristen, you there? Yes. Okay, we're going to play. Give her a chance to win cash money. If you lose this time, we can't do anything for you, okay? But we are giving you a shot, a redemption shot, okay? Awesome. All right, let's see who's going to play for her. I have the 100-sided dice. Raymundo, pick a number. Give me uh, 55. Morgan? 
66. Eddie? 21. Amy? 10. Okay, I thought one of you guys would do what Ray does to you. What? Oh, 22. No, No, pick one right above his number. Oh, I don't remember his. All right, here we go. The number is 49. That's got to be me again. I mean, between Eddie and Ray, they're the only ones that play. I need to go to Vegas, baby. (laughs) Ray's terrible at this game. Okay, okay, okay. okay. We're going to come back. Raymundo will play Who Wants to Be a Hundred Air for Kristen. And we'll try to win her some cash. Let's play Who Wants to Be a Hundred Air. Raymundo will be playing for Kristen. Ray, every question's valued a little more. All right. Your $1 question, Ray. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Kristen, are you ready? Yes. Kristen lost last time, Ray, so you need to come through for her. Got it. In what state is the Statue of Liberty located? Uh, I mean, that's got to be the easiest question, so the answer is New York, but I'm trying to think maybe in the water it's closer to other places. <laughs> You have three lifelines. Oh state goodness. with Washington, D.C. <laughs> what is it? I mean, <laughs> wait, what wait, the wait. heck? It's in the water. There's still all those states right next to it. There's Philadelphia. There's New York. <laughs> there's Washington, D.C. There's Maryland. You've all named st- four and only two of them are states. <laughs> I mean, I okay, I have to go for a lifeline right away no. because they gasped yeah. and they're mad at me and I'm not even going to put this on me, on Kristen or whatever. It's on them. So I'm going with Eddie Oh my God. because he did the biggest laugh. So Eddie, <laughs> lifeline. He's using a lifeline on the one dollar question oh something that's never happened before Eddie what state is the Statue of Liberty located I mean it's a one dollar question so it's a no brainer it's New York it's correct thank you but he named I mean, all the other options and I mean, the only one that would have maybe been close would be New Jersey but he didn't name that he, one he named Maryland Philadelphia <laughs> D. Washington D.C. and New York okay. thank you Eddie yes. hey, you're welcome man. I get it Ray it's in the water it's hard exactly it's right by the city I know <laughs> You fly in. You, you can yeah, see it. You go from to New York to see the yeah. <laughs> hey Ray. Yes. Your five dollar question. What's the only state that starts with the letter H? H H H H. H. Up top, a lot of N's up there, and M, and O. Been there, went there uh, with Baser. It is Hawaii. Final answer. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Good job, Ray. You've made $5. Do you want to go to the $10 question, Kristen, or do you just want five bucks? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how much, I don't, I don't know what your ceiling is here. Yeah, he's making me a little nervous, but I think we're going to keep going. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raymundo. Mm-hmm. What's the state fruit of Florida for $10? <laughs> First thing that comes to mind, top of mind is orange. There are probably other fruits down there. There's palm trees. What? It's true. We're just talking out loud. Well, you eat, you get your fresh palm. Yes. But I I do believe when we get the oranges at the store, there is a picture of the state of Florida on the orange. For whatever reason, that's the only one that comes to mind. So I'm going to say orange. It's only the $5 question. $10 question. $10 question. I'm going to go orange. It is a $10 question, right? Okay. Uh, Orange, final answer? Final answer. Correct. Yeah. Well, that coconut's really close. Eddie and Amy are not helping laughing at every question. <laughs> I like, did it. Uncontrollably. <laughs> no. It's highly entertaining. What do you want me to do? Okay, Kristen, Ray has two lifelines left. He's at the $25 question. How do you feel? Do you want to keep going? Let's go for it. 
Ray, Dude. hydrophobia is the fear of what? Hydrophobia. I have no idea on this one, so... It, it, Kristen, it, lifeline, please, because I'm telling you right now, nothing is coming to mind. We've hydrophobia. Already... Let me say it again. Hydrophobia. Hydro. Hydro. What's hydro mean, do you think? Water. Er? <laughs> hydro. Er? Hydrophobia is the fear of what? Now, your lifelines are shoot a paper wad in a trash can from across the room. Or a coin flip. Coin flip is is probably what I'm going to go with here if, if Christian's cool with that. Christian, can we do the coin flip for a lifeline? Let's do it. The answer is water. Oh, my God. What like, You mean water? Water. Wa- water. Er, 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 like er. hydroplaning. <laughs> Hydration. All right. Bye. Ray, you've gone to the coin flip, so it's 50-50 that she gets to move on and make some money. Kristen, would you like heads or tails? And I'll flip this quarter. Tails. All right, she says tails. Amy, tell me what it lands on the floor. Heads. Uh, <laughs> Dang it, heads. That sucks. Hey, Ray. <laughs> what up? Like, you know, you, you know you're my guy, right? Like, seriously. Right? Like, in real life. Yes. Whatever you needed. You're the worst at this game. I am because... Can I be 90% sure? But I'm not 100 on them, so, and I don't want to cost Kristen, so I'm trying to put it off on other things. But here's what I would say. If you're 90% sure, that's better than a 50% coin flip. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 90-50. When you're under pressure, though, it is more difficult. It is. You know that. I just feel bad for Kristen because she played twice. I know. And, and, and won nothing. She, she can't she play again, twice. can she? And she can't play again, no. Dang. Uh, Kristen, I'm very sorry. It's okay. My kids will just be thrilled I was on. Thank oh, you so much. Okay, have a great day. Tell your kids hey. Bye. There she is, Kristen. Bye. She's like, mm. gotta go. <laughs> Raymundo, uh, bad luck. If you want to pull yourself from the game, you can from the next time we play, or unless you like playing. I like playing, but I have played it a lot. Yeah. And I would love to laugh in the background of Eddie, oh, Amy, Morgan, too. Yeah. That'd be cool. So. Would you like to pull yourself from the next time? I would, because I've been taking a beating lately. <laughs> oh, Ray, it's so much fun to watch you play. All right, that's another edition of Who Wants to Be a Hundred Air with Raymundo. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So Adele was talking about her perfect last meal ever, and she said it would be from McDonald's. She likes to get chicken nuggets, a Big Mac, and fries, and she eats at McDonald's at least once a week. There was a guy who ate at McDonald's every single day and lost weight. And his point was that if you do everything in moderation, it's okay. But I'll eat McDonald's fries until I explode. There's <laughs> so, only, I mean, they have to limit me or I will continue eating them. I don't have a very good threshold of stopping eating. I have a great job. Uh, I do a great job of not putting food in front of me. But if sugar is in the house or like a fry, for example, I'll eat every single thing. You know, I'll be doing these pumpkin videos, tasting pumpkin stuff. And as soon as I'm done, I give them to Regan, the guy that shoots the videos. I say, take them home oh. because I will eat every single one of them. So That's good for Adele for not, because she worked, listen, here's the thing about Adele too. She works out two to three times a day now. Oh my. Because she's, she's lost so much weight. That's really? Hot. And people are going, that's too much. Like doctors are going, you can't, that, that's too much. Like your body's going to give out if you work out two to three times a day. All right, what else you got? 
Okay, so speaking of food, I have weird ingredients that instantly make food even better than it already is. Like people say these are little hacks to do when you're cooking or eating, and boom, it's gonna make it better. You know what I like that's added to things and I didn't know it? It's a caper. Ooh, I love capers. I didn't even know what a caper yeah, was. What is a caper? It's like green. a like an olive type thing. And I know you guys don't like olives. I hate olives. But I like capers. But what isn't it in the olive family? No idea. Don't tell me that, though, because now I'm not going to like them. <laughs> when they're, they're added, they're tasty. I, I like food. They're good on uh, fish or chicken, Eddie. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. What else you got? Okay. So instead of salting your popcorn with regular salt, use ramen noodle seasoning. Like take it out of the ramen noodle. If you got a little extra, sprinkle it on your popcorn. Sour cream in your scrambled eggs. Like before you cook them and you're whipping things up, just... Throw in a dollop of sour cream. It's supposed to be really good. I don't like sour cream, except I like sour cream when I don't know sour cream's involved. Ooh, well, what you about, wouldn't know. What you about the know. chips? Yeah. Sour cream and onion. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, okay. real sour cream? it's like onions. I hate onions, but I don't mind onions if I don't know onions. Like I like the, t- the the flavor it's put in. I just don't like the crunch of it. Yeah, like Caitlin dices them up really, really tiny for you. You're going to hate this one, but I've heard from so many people it's so good. When you make grilled cheese, use mayonnaise instead of butter. Yummy. Yeah. Punch me in the throat and put me in a hole. That sounds disgusting. If you're baking cookies, apparently adding instant coffee to your batter will just make it so, so good. And then lastly, mustard in your mac and cheese, which my tip for that. Weird. Yeah, I wouldn't be into that because I don't like mustard, but I put ketchup in my mac and cheese. Weird that mustard and mac and I've never associated those two before Mm. and you wouldn't even see it. So I wonder if it tastes better without knowing it's in it. That's a good point. The same thing about the mayonnaise and the grilled cheese. People say they don't taste the mayonnaise. Mm -hmm. It just makes the taste better. Yeah. All right, what else you got? Okay, so Bobby Justin Moore was talking about the ways that he's changed once he got married. Like, he's been married for 14 years now, and he was like, I would never do this, never do that, but that has changed. When my wife and I first started dating 20 years ago, you know, I would claim to my buddies that I would never do this, I would never do that, I'd never hold her purse at the mall, I'd never have a little dog, sleeping in bed with me, all those types of things. And clearly I was wrong because I've done all of the above and much more. So how have you changed in the last few months of marriage? Well, I used to could think I watch football all night Thursday night, all day and all night Saturday, all day and all night Sunday, work Monday, watch football all night Monday night. I realize now there has to be for those four days some sort of human interaction with her. Oh, some sort of? Yeah, <laughs> yes. good. Good you thinking. Just found that At out. some point, I got to put two <laughs> eyeballs on her and go, hey, we, how's your day going? Because I will. I've been so selfish and living by myself and for so long that for me to go, hey, what would you like to do? I'm getting better at it, but I still struggle in that department. Because if, if she doesn't say anything to me, I will disappear and I will just watch football for four days. Would you carry her purse at the moment? Oh, yeah, no problem. I do. Yeah, I carry a purse, buy her tampons, whatever, whatever. None of that stuff bothers me because I was raised by all women. So that doesn't bother me. Grandmother, mom, sister. So all, that stuff's fine. It's mostly the, I'm not just a single guy getting to make all the rules that I want to make anymore. Yep. So Just never say never. I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. So this woman puts up this crazy Halloween display in her front yard every year, all these inflatables. Each year she actually adds to it. So it's getting bigger and bigger. It's something her grandkids love. But vandals in the neighborhood, they slashed 
all of her inflatables. Jerks. Rude. Awful. Jerks. Probably some punk teenage kids or something. I can't even believe it. So the community rallied together, saw like that everything had been slashed. Again, this is something she adds to over time. She can't afford to just go replace everything. So she thought, I'm just going to be able to place like one of the inflatables. Well, they rallied. They bought her enough to like do her whole display and firefighters showed up to her house to set up the decorations. So it was just such a community effort. There's one near my house where they had, it's a big blow up. It looks like you blow up Santa Claus, but it's a black cat and its head turns and it's creepy. Oh, yeah. It's, it's it got a little you. motor on it. Well, it doesn't scare me, but you're in the car and it's massive. It's a big blown up balloon, but the cat's head goes. Oh, yeah. it, just, it doesn't look natural and it is weird. But I do like the blow-up displays. Those are fun. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. awesome. Are you going to put the Santa back up? No, I have. Right now, it's Halloween. I have three of them up. Man, I had a real cool cool fourth one we bought last year. I plugged it in. It's broken. Oh, bummer. It was so big, too, and I have for to take it back. Halloween or Christmas? Just for Halloween. What do you have up for Halloween? I have a little ghost that says boo, and then I have a big pumpkin that has kind of glasses like yours on it, and then I have a tree that's like really tall and spooky. Do you have anything up? No, I have a, well, no, nothing inflatable. I have two skeletons uh, at my front door. I found the cat. It's a five foot animated air blown Halloween inflatable black cat with turning head, $159. Bones get oh, it. Oh, my I'm neighbors. Not, no, I don't want to like, have it. What? <laughs> my dogs would kill that thing. Uh, that's a good story, though, Amy. Good for that neighborhood. Good for those firefighters. Yeah. That's what it's, yes. Oh, you guys have a bonus thing about the firefighters? Yes. When they came to do it, they brought their truck, their fire truck, and the, her grandkids got to take a tour of it. That's all. So it's fine. like a, it's like a win-win here. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Our guy, Raymundo, our producer extraordinaire, celebrated one year of being married over the weekend. Wow. Look at this guy. Wow. How did it go? It, I mean, what'd you learn? Well, I mean, how cool is that, though? A year ago, we were all in the woods watching me get married. You guys stood behind me. But yeah, I mean, I, I, we were dating for seven years. So I don't know if there's some like <laughs> big revelation before we got married. Was there any difference in since you've been married versus living together and just dating? I mean, there's the legal difference, documents and stuff like that. But do so, you feel it? No, I mean, it really, it, that's that's why I advocate that all the time. Date somebody all the way until you totally get to know everything about them before you get married. Nothing else was learned. I knew I wanted to be with her forever. So, so in the past year of yeah. being married, you learned nothing new about, I don't know, marriage, life, cohabitation. I learned that we have like, if we start a business together, then there's ramifications, there's tax stuff. Other than that, I mean, what is there to learn? I don't get it. Nice. Oh, he doesn't get married. Hey, people say romance is dead. I This right here shows you it is not. <laughs> oh. Everything's good? Everything's great. Yeah, I took her to a restaurant she wanted to go to. I would have loved a sports bar, but we went to a wine place. Wow, that's romance wow. if I've ever heard it. See? You took her somewhere she wanted to go. Good job, Ray. Good for you, buddy. Uh, let's get over to Amy and get in the morning corny. <laughs> The Morning Corny. What would be the national holiday for a nation of vampires? What would be the national holiday for a nation of vampires? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Okay. (laughs) That was the Morning Corny. Thank you, Amy. I mean, I guess you could say, what's a vampire's favorite holiday? Yeah, that's probably been a little easier. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Made that one pretty difficult for sure. Over the weekend, a video went viral of a guy, and he was an uh, ex-Marine. He's standing in a gas station, and somebody comes in in a mask, and they have a gun, and they're going to rob the store. And the ex-Marine takes him, you know, pops him in the hand, takes the gun, tackles him. The other two guys, he didn't see, and luckily they didn't have a gun because they were behind him. And had they had a gun, everybody would have died. Yeah. 
Uh, the other two guys ran off. Have you guys seen the video? Yes, no. it's so good. Turns out the kid was a 14-year-old kid and the gun jammed or the guy would have died. The Marine would have died. Whoa. And even people are like, now that's why you don't try to take down a gun. Mm. Because he pulled the trigger and the gun jammed. Oh, I didn't know that the trigger was pulled. I saw the video and I just thought, wow, what quick reaction. And he went straight for the wrist to get rid of the gun. Okay, well, different story. But and the movies show us that it's easy to take a gun from a shooter. I wouldn't think that. Oh, really? No. I, would. And I, I, I thought that. Because <laughs> yeah. I always thought that, that little spot inside your elbow, like all you got to do is hit that spot and then grab the gun and you, mm-hmm. and then you don't even knock it down, you turn it on them. Oh, yeah, man. And then yeah. you go get down on your knees and wait till the cops come. But okay, I, y'all are delusional. No. Oh. I tell I always thought I could do that until I had a gun held to my head. Yeah. But then I thought, man, I feel like I still could do it. But but I have to I'm sitting in a car, I've got a gun into my head, then I've got to reach up. I probably would have, but I you know, I, was, I had to reach up. <laughs> it was a whole situation. But you know, good for this guy because he did stop the store from being robbed or someone possibly being shot. But there is a lesson to be learned here that even he would have been shot dead had the gun not been jammed. And what are the odds a gun jams? I guys, yeah. I'm going to tell you. I've been around, had guns my whole life. I never had a gun jam. Me either. I've never had a, a pistol, though, or a handgun. You know, I grew up in the country, so we shot shotguns and rifles. But I've never had a gun jam, and maybe that's just a handgun thing. I don't know. But what are the odds of gun jams? And also, the kid was 14, which is extremely sad. Mm. Terrible. So, saw it, and I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, USA! <laughs> like, I'm in my house going, USA! <laughs> and then when you hear the gun jammed, you're like, oh, man, everybody just got lucky. Oh, you know, good... Good that it happened this way, but holy moly. Uh, a guy in Georgia got a COVID relief loan and then spent the $57,000 of that loan that he got on a Pokemon card. Oh, that's a good investment. It's just, do you really think you're going to get away with this? And maybe you do because so many people have that we just haven't heard about. Oh, I bet. Maybe there's like 30% of people that have taken out these massive loans whose butts pucker every time we read a story like this because they're like, <laughs> oh boy, I bought you know, uh, 10,000 pounds of Werther's Original and if I get caught, I'm dead. <laughs> but a guy in Georgia used more than two-thirds of his COVID-19 relief loan to buy a Pokemon card. Crazy. He was charged by criminal information on Tuesday with one count of wire fraud after the government said he lied about how many employees he had. Oh, my goodness. Because he, he obviously inflated that, got this big old loan, and then spent on a Pokemon card. Wow. Did he get a Pikachu? What did he get? I don't know. It doesn't say what card it was, but a mint condition first edition Charizard. Okay, no, not a Pikachu. Charizard. What? Charizard. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike D. You're welcome. Sold for $264,000 this year. Oh, my. Whoa. Well, I mean, whew, I was going to say, without doctoring your number of employees, because obviously that's lying, I mean, could this be a, if he wasn't lying, is this a business investment? You take the it money. It is an illegal one. Oh, okay. Because he lied about how many employees he yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That part. That part I get. But I mean, anything can be a business investment. All right. <laughs> Mike, did you ever sell your Pokemon stuff? Not yet. I still have them. Have you, have you ever even looked it up? I've looked up how much they're worth, but I haven't had them evaluated. It's based on the condition. I told you. I'll blindly stick a few bucks in there and have some ownership of that. Okay. He'll look them up, get, <laughs> get them appraised, not tell me, and then take my money. Do you know the value? I forget. I mean, some of them could be worth $1,000 oh. for a single card. Wow. wow. I was watching a clip on TikTok about Pawn Stars. You know where they got? They go in and they're like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you this yeah. sword. It's, uh, I swear to God, it's from uh, Prince William." Yeah. And, and, and the guy's like, and they bring in someone and they're like, "No, man, this is like a Barbie sword." You know, it's <laughs> right. And so, but they were talking about on that show how sometimes they don't even go into that pawn shop. It's a set. 
They've recreated a fake set wow. to shoot some of that stuff. I feel so duped. And how, and obviously it's a TV show, right? So everything is contained. Most TV shows are controlled, and even a few of them are scripted that you don't think are scripted, right? So different levels. And they were talking about how when the guy comes in, they've already got the conversation down too, and they know where it's going to end. Dang, they got the it. money. <laughs> I will. Why do I want that to be so real and like organic? But I guess they're right. It's TV. Guy walks in. He's like, this is from the Knights of the Round Table. He's like, I don't know. Let me call him a sword guy. <laughs> and so he calls. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm here for swords. I spend all day, all night looking at swords. And uh, uh, this one right here. No, nope, that's from He-Man. And you're like, I'll give you a dollar. Those are the guys in Vegas, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they yeah. were based out of Vegas. Still are. And one, were- one of them, Chum Lee, got in a bunch of trouble. Oh, yeah. Chum Lee. Got, I mean, for some bad stuff, too. You wow. would think that you would want a genuine reaction. with If it's a ton of money, you would want that genuine happiness. And if it's not worth anything, you want that genuine sadness. Well, you could probably get it once, but usually people that aren't used to being on camera don't give you what you usually want. Okay, true. So why not script it perfectly? Why not make sure yeah. it looks good for TV? <laughs> Sometimes yeah. we have that with callers. We're like, you just won Here's this crazy <laughs> prize. And they're like, cool. yeah. And we're like, okay, well, that really went well. <laughs> like, we should have given them the old Pawn Stars treatment. <laughs> it's time for the good news. With producer Eddie. Tell me something good. There's a little five-year-old farmer named Emmett. Well, his family owns a pumpkin farm, and so what they do is they harvest a lot of pumpkins, they sell them off to the major stores, and then they always have a little crop left over. Well, what Emmett does is he collects the extra pumpkins that weren't sold, and he started a little roadside stand where he sells the extra pumpkins, and he sends it off to charity. Last year, he made a bunch of money. This year, he made more money, and he sent it to Toys for Tots, so he says he's going to be doing this for 60 years. He had mentioned his pumpkin money, and I said, well, if you want to donate some of it, that's that's perfectly fine. And right away he said, nope, I'm going to donate it all. If a five-year-old can put others before himself, maybe maybe we all can. I want to talk to this mom. Like, I want to figure out how what she does to make a child like this. Why? My kids would never do this. <laughs> they would never <laughs> go to work and then donate all the money to charity. Uh-huh. They would go to work, like they are hard workers, yeah. but then they would go straight to Target and buy something yeah. for themselves. So I wish I could get a hold of that mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. That is what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Let's go over and do the news. Bobby's Big Stories. A lot of updates in the Alec Baldwin story. So when he took that gun and and one of the people died, one of the people was shot, and they were shooting this movie called Rust, he was shooting at the camera lens So many people started screaming online, you should never point a gun at anyone, even on set. But obviously, they didn't even know what was happening, right? People just love to yell things on Twitter. Think of a movie, sometimes to make it look like you're aiming at the viewer, you point it toward the camera. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, clearly he was, yeah, practicing whatever he thought he was going to be doing. And they had, like, just moved, I think, because of a shadow. So they moved the camera. So he wanted to, like, see what it was like to do that, do it in that direction. But And there happened to be a bullet inside. They also yelled cold gun before they handed it to him, which means there's nothing in it, not even a blank. So not live round, not a blank. They yelled cold gun. Other than him being the executive producer on it, like, I don't think there's any fault of his for the actual shooting. Because he's an actor who they put a gun in his hand and said, it's free to go. And this happens every day all the time in these sets. I think there'll be some liability to him being a producer on the movie. 
there was a lot of trouble because, I mean, just recently, a couple days before that, the crew had walked off because of safety conditions, because mm-hmm. of uh, long hours, etc. But that happens all the time everywhere. It's not just happening on this movie set. There was a gun-related incident, though, that they were... There was a bullet-gun-related incident that caused the safety concerns, like, the week before. Well, that gun they were using for target practice, some of the people that were working, like, as crew, they'd taken it out and they were shooting it, you know, in the days leading up to it. So maybe accidentally left the bullet in there? That's what I would assume. But how do you not go back and check it? I know. But But the person that was in the armorer was brand new to the job. Oh, man. It was almost like everything that could have gone wrong did went wrong, went wrong, yeah. and then it went really wrong at the end because somebody lost their life. And how everybody must feel. I mean, yes, people are. Some people are being really horrible towards Alec Baldwin. Again, this is like online, but I mean, imagine if that was you. It's not. He did not do this on purpose. There are probably so many people that are just. I mean, obviously heartbroken, but imagine having to live with that the rest of your life. He is canceling all upcoming projects. They say it's still unclear exactly how it happened, but local authorities say that the assistant director, Dave Halls, handed the gun to Alec moments before the shooting and yelled, cold gun, which means no cartridges, no blanks, um, nothing inside the firearm. If they yell hot gun, it means the the uh, weapon is loaded with cartridges, either live or blank. So hot gun means if you pull trigger on on a set, we're about to have a like cover your ears because the blank's about to fire and it's about to go pop. Yeah. Because no one thinks hot gun, there's a real bullet in it either. So, I mean, that's pretty much the situation now. Investigators are wanting to talk to Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, who is the movie's armorer. That's the person responsible for managing all the firearms on the film set, ensuring the weapons are clean, correctly loaded, properly kept up, and safely handled. I guess blanks I understand. I'm just confused why there would ever be real ammunition on a set. Like, is that necessary? I don't think it was so much on a set. It was in the gun when they were shooting it for practice shooting. Okay, but yeah. Okay, you're right from the time before. I just like, it's so, it just seems like that should not be allowed. Like ever, if you have guns on a set, no real bullets, practice shooting, whatever you're doing, who cares? Like it should always be a blank. And it wasn't allowed. All right. What's in a prop gun? Um. The one that shoots out. Why am I calling it a blank? That's the a blank. The flag. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what should always Not be. The, the flag. Old but fl- but no, but you're right. That is how it's supposed to be. That yeah, is the rule. I know. It's just crazy. Mike, did I miss anything there? I know you've been watching this very closely. That was everything. Yeah. There was an incident with uh, Brandon Lee, who is Bruce Lee's son, mm-hmm. back in the '90s on the set of The Crow. Mm-hmm. And so, what happened there exactly? There, a live round was left in the gun. They thought it was a blank. They fired it. It hit him. He fell down. The act, the director thought he was going to get back up. Never did. <sighs> they uh, suspect foul play with that one? No, no criminal charges. But do they suspect foul play with that one? I've seen a lot of conspiracy theories There's on conspiracy. that one. Conspiracy. They investigated it, but nobody was ever charged. Okay, so we'll move on from that one. The guy Gunther from Friends died over the weekend. Mm, oh, he was sick, right? Yes. Well, if you remember, whenever they did the Friends reunion, he was the only one that wasn't there. And I was like, well, that's odd. Something must be going on in his life because they made Justin Bieber show up. That's right. But they didn't make Gunther show up. Yeah. And so it did turn out he had cancer. James Michael Tyler, famous for playing Gunther on Friends, has died. The actor's rep tells TMZ that he passed away peacefully Sunday morning at his home in Los Angeles after battling stage four prostate cancer. His family says the world knew him as Gunther from the hit series Friends, but Michael's loved ones knew him as actor, musician, cancer awareness advocate, and our loving husband. 
I believe the story on Gunther or James Michael Tyler making that show is he was on set as kind of an extra, and he was the only one that knew how to run the espresso machine, yep. the big machine behind him. <laughs> That's, That's so right. cool. And it's just being at the right place at the right time and actually knowing how to do something. And they said, hey, you do that. And at first, he wasn't to have any lines, and then slowly he would get a line or two and then became obsessed with Rachel on the show. Did he ever get Rachel? No. No, not even dated. Not, no, no, but I would rather him had Rachel than Joey because that was way weird. <laughs> yes, I'd was... rather Gunther had like a, a small arc where him and Rachel were talking back and forth than Rachel and Joey because that's still one of the more awkward couples in television was when those two got together. <laughs> yeah, it didn't make sense. Uh, the Brian Laundry autopsy was inconclusive about the cause of death. You know, they found him. What's in this, a lot of this developed over the weekend. Because the parents were like, hey, go look here. And then they found him. And everyone's like, all right, this is quite suspicious. Like the, the police, the FBI folks had searched that place for such a long time. And then all of a sudden the, the dad hops in and goes, hey, I, I can help you out here. And walks right up to it. Yeah. I mean, the Come longer on. we're away from this, the more sus this looks. Too. Yeah, totally. Uh, but Brian Laundry, Laundry's recovered remains, which had been described as bones by police, will undergo further examination after an autopsy failed to establish a cause or manner of death. Hopefully this is the last time we talk about this dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what, do you, what do you say? Don't rest in peace? Mm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Oof. yeah b- bad story. All right, that's the news. Thank you. Those were Bobby's Big Stories. Well, that was kind of three bummers, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, but the news is the news, and <laughs> my credibility is all that matters. All right, let's go over to Greg Austin. Greg and Austin, you're on the air. What's going on, Greg? Uh, yeah, I'm just talking about the Alec Baldwin thing. I think it's terrible what happened, but 100% preventable. So I am a, a gun advocate. And first of all, if you hand a gun to somebody, the slide should be open and there should be no magazine in it at all. Um, but if it's not that way, you should clear it and check it yourself. No matter if someone tells you it's clean or not, um, that's, that's just, that's what I teach my kids. That's what I teach my wife. Like, 100% preventable. I think you're talking, though, to people who, like myself, have had guns their whole life and aren't using them on a set. I've been on sets where there are 57 million guns everywhere, and you have people whose only job is to make sure the gun is clear. Um, so I agree. If using a real gun, same. Got to check it. Got to do all those things. But on a set, when you have hired someone to specifically look at a gun and check and make sure that it is clean and clear, and they yell out, clean and clear, and you're also running, it could have been 100% preventable, yes. But I don't think it's Alec Baldwin's fault for not taking the gun apart and going, okay, well, let me check. Because there were there were, there, there were not supposed to be any sort of ammunition in it at all. There was even a blank in it. Um, I agree, but it's easy to say that now in hindsight to go, well, should have taken the gun apart and looked at it. It wasn't – also – I don't think these people use guns. I don't think they know anything about guns. Yeah. Actors? Yeah, yeah. Probably You're talking not. to people who probably never use guns yep. and who just do what they're told. If it were me, different story. I grew up with guns. I have guns. Same. But I don't think that what we live with in our life is, you know, uh, easily put onto them to go, hey, why didn't you open the gun and check it out? I don't know. It's, it's easy and... You know, and four days later to look at it and go, well, they should have done this. Yeah, I think that, yeah, it's obviously what sh- obvious what should have happened. And it's so terrible. Like, it seems unbelievable, especially since shootings have happened on sets before. You'd think they'd learn from it. But I think 
you know, for a few weeks, they'll probably be super cautious. And then maybe, you know, another thing might happen. The shooting on set thing. But I mean, you're talking about one every 25 years. Brandon Lee was the last one I remember, right? Yeah. So it's not like something that really Well, the death, but I don't know. Has there ever been like an accidental shooting? I'm not sure. Movie Mike, have you heard of anything? There was another one where a guy was like messing with it. Like he put it up to his head? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. What is he doing? Weird. Like, but what, that could have been part of the movie, though. Was he doing a comedy bit? It was just, they weren't even filming. Ugh. Oh, gosh. Ugh, crazy. So the point is, there's only a few of them in the past 25, 30 years. So it's, but I did see a lot of shows going, hey, we're not using real guns anymore. Yeah. Like the show Rookies, they're using like airsoft guns only. But they just want these guns to look as legitimate as possible because mm-hmm. you want the movie to look as real as it possibly can. Uh, Greg, appreciate that. Let's go over to Brennan in Wichita. Brennan, you're on the show. Hey, Bobby, what's going on? What's up, dude? Hey, I was just calling to let you know. All I heard a while ago, uh, you were talking about how you don't think young people listen to the show. And I just want to let you know, I'm 21 years old. I've been listening to the Bobby Vaughn show since I was probably in fifth grade. Well, see, that's how we got you, though. Yeah, got you young. Yeah, we got you <laughs> when you were in elementary school and you've hung ever since. My point is... You don't really have a 21 or 22-year-old going, I just discovered this show. These are my people. We've now graduated out of that. I mean, heck, Amy and I are 40 now. So yeah. we're no spring chickens. Um, so it's hard for us to get 21 or 22-year-olds to think, wow, they're really cool. I mean, heck, even Morgan, our, our youngest person on the show, is about to be 30, you know? So we're, we are, we're aging up. We're we're, hey, but thanks for sticking with us. That's a long time. Yeah, Brennan, you'll give up soon. Oh, I have listen. a good feeling about that. <laughs> I'll listen until the, uh, the show is over. Dang. Wow. All right. Loyal. Well, so uh, that's 10 o'clock yeah. today. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> no, he means like we like quit. Ever. <laughs> we quit the show. Hey, Brennan, appreciate that, bud. See you later. Of course. Yep. Have a good one. Right. Bye. Hey, Raymundo, how's your weekend, buddy? Good, good. Yeah? Anything exciting? Uh, I think it was pretty low key. Obviously, we did the anniversary, um, watched a ton of football. Thanks to my wife on that for the uh, anniversary present. But other than that, yeah, outside of the bachelor party being a week ago, I was trying to do the opposite of that. So you've been married one year, and her gift to you was letting you watch football the whole weekend? Yeah, and then I went to a, a wine place for her because there weren't any TVs, so I wasn't able to watch football on Friday night. So it's kind of a trade-off. Is but there Friday football night, Friday night? No, it's like two it's mostly high school and <laughs> okay. like a random conference. <laughs> oh, what a sacrifice, Ray. Wow. I also uh, I think there was also uh, playoff baseball. So yeah, I mean, it was a little bit, but yeah, I agree. Okay, there, fair on that yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that watching football all day Sunday... Like, that's a gift from her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I like to watch football all day Saturday and Sunday, and then I like to watch it on Monday. And I've learned that that's probably a little too much. So, or it's a balance. Like, you, you go and you give a whole night, and then a whole night's given back to you. Because what in the world do we have that's Thursday night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and Monday night? Well, that's on you to figure out. I mean, I know some women are into football, so they do have that, but... I'm just saying, for, yeah, for again, us spouses that don't. Girls trip. You guys do girls trips well, sometimes? Yeah, every, I mean, every you weekend. boys trips and golf <laughs> takes four hours. I swear to you, guys develop this. And men clearly came up with these schedules. Golf needs to take four hours. Football needs to be four nights a week. And all day, Saturday and Sunday. Ugh. I don't think guys sit around and said football needs to be four nights a week. I well, think, why is it? <laughs> I think that these leagues, are, are they're basically they businesses. Uh, yeah. They can make money. Yeah. Um, so, Ray, we were talking before the break about how you saw something on Netflix that you know is fake. Would you care to go, go on about that? Yeah, so I went to Theo Vaughn, and I had saw, that's why I got the ticket in the first place. It said, this is going to be a Netflix show. And I was like, oh, my gosh. 
I'm going to be a part of a Netflix production. Theo Vaughn. He's a comedian, by the way, guys. They don't know who Theo Vaughn yeah. is right here. Okay. So he's a comedian. So he's like a redneck comedian. Those are the type of jokes he does. So it's so cool. Well, the key is production. You're going to be a type of a production. So some of the jokes, he would tell three times. Well, it's not fun when you're just sitting in the audience and all of a sudden you're a worker for Netflix, but you're unpaid. So anyways, I go to the show. I'm laughing at the joke. La, la, la. The special comes out. So now on Netflix, you just search Theo Vaughn. And you can watch his Netflix comedy special. Well, I watch him. Here we go. I'm going to hear my laughs. Man, this is going to be great. I don't care if they don't show me. Even though I was third row, I should be shown. But they didn't show (laughs) the the whole show. They didn't show me. That's cool. That is totally cool. No worries. I'll just listen for the laughs while I'm sitting there. Here come the jokes. And there's a laugh track. That is not oh. that is not how the crowd laughed. And then I hear another <laughs> joke. Oh, I remember that one at the rhyme, and that wasn't funny at all. Oh, my gosh. Here's a huge laugh track. <laughs> that is, yeah, when I was there, that is not how we laughed. So props to Netflix on that. Um, for sure, laugh tracks are being dropped. Wow. What's more interesting to me is that he did the joke multiple times in a row in the same setting. Yeah. Usually what happens is, because I have friends that have done specials, they do two shows in a row and they take the best from both of those shows. Oh. That seems like it would make more sense for everybody there instead of to awkwardly have to sit through <laughs> a joke being done over and over. So Ray, he would tell the joke over and over again and the crowd would just, just sit yeah. Laugh again? Yeah, they would laugh again. He'd go, all right, apparently that joke didn't hit right. My timing was off. I'm going to do it again. There were a couple of them that he did three times. Oh, no. Dang, that's I wish awkward. I could do that in my shows. Hey, guys, let me do this again. <laughs> Both of my jokes don't, <laughs> don't hit right. All right, all right, all right. You didn't like that? All right, let me do it again with a little more emphasis on the word the. All right. <laughs> no, did that's he ever that's to... not the joke, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Like, explain it. Like, okay, maybe you guys didn't get it. Here's the setup, and then go into it again. Uh. They do like Amy's morning corner. Right, no, right. no, no, you guys, you don't get it. <laughs> mm-hmm, I feel it. After the show today, I'm going to load up a video of me trying to hit a pitch off of one of the Utah softball players, fast pitch pitchers. Oh, like impressive. University of Utah. I've never tried to hit, you know, fast pitch, and I tried. We're going to put it up today. We've okay. been waiting a while for this because you well, posted the tease on what, Saturday morning? Posted a little picture Saturday. Went and did it, it on like, Saturday. Come on. I was waiting Sunday. I'm like, where's the update? Wanted to get back in the weekdays, people in the, <laughs> you know, in the give and take of the week. But I'll post that later on today on my Instagram, Mr. Bobby Bones. I bet you miss it. That's what I bet. Do you? Yeah. You gonna make a wager? Uh, no. no. Well, I I've mean, learned you, my lesson on that. You played fast pitch baseball. It's different though because their is. arm comes whipping around. <laughs> I know. Like you've never seen. And I went and took some uh, took some swings on a pitching machine. Yeah. And so then I caught up with that and I was hitting it pretty good. Okay. okay. But it's a whole different story than when her arm gets to flipping around. Uh, we also went uh, fly fishing on the uh, Provo River, and so. I don't know a lot about fly fishing because I grew up in Arkansas and we did a lot of uh, a flat bottom boat fishing. <laughs> a little different. A lot, a lot of uh, fishing off the bank. You know, so a lot of fishing, but very little fly fishing. And so we go out and we have a guide and this guide's with Caitlin and I. And he, she sure spent a lot of time with her. He oh, cared a lot oh, more about her than he did me. Were you like, excuse me, hello? No, I was like, just hoping she'd catch some fish. But he's like, hey, you're pretty. He didn't say that, but. You could tell. He was spending a lot more time with her than he was me. And it was cold. Like here where we are, it is not that cold yet. I mean, it's in the 60s for the most part. But it was like, you know, 40. You know, we're in water. It was cold. Like once you lose your feet, you're kind of done for the day. But we had a great time. We were out there for four hours or so fly fishing. 
Um, a lot of people caught fish in our group. We did not. Oh no! Yeah, we didn't catch any. Did fish. you know? Do you know the people in your group, or yeah, just yeah. like it was all the family? Oh, the whole family. Yeah. Okay. Oh, fun. I'm glad yep. you had a guide. I was wondering. I was like, how does Bobby know how to do all this? <laughs> well, fly fishing, I know nothing about. I'm not a yeah. fly on. I know. I mean, I could. If we're normal fishing, I'm good. Yeah. Actually, I'm really good, but I, the, I don't. The, you got to jerk it back and yeah, forth. Yeah, it's like art, artwork. I don't know yeah, how to do like, all that. Was it peaceful for you? No. It's supposed it's to cold. be relaxing and therapeutic. Nah. That's what people say. Uh, Kane Brown took a tumble off the stage and hurt his ankle while performing on Saturday at the FedEx Forum in Memphis. And obviously, as a stadium full of fans, he fell down. The band kept playing because they didn't know what was going on. And then finally, the band cut the song, noticing that he was in severe pain. And so he took a few minutes away from the audience and then came back and was like, I'm going to keep going. And then he kept playing. Wow. Did he fall off the stage or how did that work? It said fell off the stage. Oh, man. And you may go like, why... Why are you dancing near the edge of the stage? I can tell you from personal experience, sometimes you want to give people fives out there. Yeah. You want to be like, you want to connect with them. And so apparently he hurt his ankle pretty bad, but he hung in the game. Have like, you ever hurt yourself at all on stage? Nah. Oh, uh, there was the time you crowd you crowd surfed. Yeah, well, well, my stomach, but that wasn't like an injury. <laughs> that was just being an idiot. I did crowd surf on my stomach. I didn't know the difference. I'm you went like, face down, Amy. So I something know. else yeah. was face down. So that means every palm that. was into my junk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There are smart fridges that will send you emails scolding you for things like opening the door too often. Extremely online kitchens could, and some include devices like a smart egg tray, a smart water pitcher, a smart fork that vibrates when you're eating too fast. Oh my gosh. But there's also, uh, on these new fridges, if you're opening it up too many times, they'll send you an email going, hey buddy, you okay? Like, why are you going into the fridge so much? Um, this one instance where the guy shared it said he blames it on his kids because they kept opening it up over oh, and over. Oh, they do it yeah. all the time. They do? Oh, gosh. My kid, I, I, I'm the one yelling, scolding my kids all the time. Like, is someone need something for the refrigerator? Because it's been open for like two minutes. What's going on here? Here's a question too, Eddie. I think you can answer. This is Janice in Oklahoma City. Janice, good morning. Welcome to the Bobby Bone Show. What's going on? Um, morning, studio. Morning. morning. Um, first of all, me and my boys love your show. Um, but I was I was calling for some advice. Um, I got a four year old, and he has quite the potty mouth on him. Uh, I'm trying to get him ready for school next year, but and I've tried a lot of techniques, and nothing seems to be working. I just maybe thought somebody could give me some advice on how to get him to stop. <laughs> Eddie, you've had four year olds. Yeah. What is your advice to clean up the potty mouth? So crazy when my when when we were foster parents, we brought in our foster son, and he was four at the time, and he was cursing, and so it was different for us in that scenario. My biological kids, when they obviously we raised them, so they never cursed. But um, when my foster son came in, we were like, "Look, you got to stop that. We don't do that here. We don't talk like that. These words you've already said." This is not allowed in our house. And I would say within a couple of weeks, he was just like, I got it. Got it. I'm not going to say those words anymore. I guess in his own, uh, his old environment, that was normal. But in our house, it wasn't. So that's how we nip that. Other than that, I've never really had problems with curse words with all my other kids. Maybe you stop saying curse words. Maybe you eliminate the curse words from the kids' yeah, ears. Yeah, how is he hearing it? Yeah. Well, I mean, me and his dad cuss. I mean, I've tried to cut it back, but his dad has a little bit of a potty mouth. Okay. I think that's there's the root. I think that's, that's the it. root of the problem, right? Because yeah. he's hearing it, and then he's taking what he hears into the real world. 
I, I think if you're so worried about him, you got to worry about yourself. And you have to stop saying those words around the kid. That's it. You know? And if y'all can't keep from doing it, then, then why do you expect right. a four-year-old to stop? <laughs> I mean, so you just have to, like, filter when you're using the words or not. Yeah. All right. Thank okay. you for the call. Good yeah. luck. Well, thank That's you, hard. guys. Love you. What words is this? No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Richie in Virginia Beach. Hello. You're on the air. Thank you for calling. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody? Doing pretty good. What's going on? Comment, quick comment on the Alec Baldwin shooting. The tragedy is awful. I'm a gun guy. Is it fair to shine a light on Alec Baldwin's hypocrisy? He is a loudly outspoken anti-gun advocate, but yet it's okay to portray gun violence on a movie set if he's being paid millions of dollars to do it. I think we should ask that question. I think it's a pretty dumb question to ask because then no one can play a terrorist in a movie. I mean, you're or any other character, or any, you can play a bad guy in any way whatsoever. If because nobody that's playing a terrorist is pro-terrorism, so or is it rest like an old western? It's type a western. Thing, yeah. So. No, I, I think that's a pretty dumb question to ask. I get it, but then we'd never have bad guys in movies because it's like, well, no, you're anti about blowing up uh, parts of America, but you're playing it in a movie, so. No, and I think people are looking to make this political, and this is what happens when it absolutely should not be political. Yeah, I think it's interesting that people are taking it to this anti-gun. Well, every, everybody do. loves to scream at everything it's all the like, time. This is a yeah. movie set. It's so yeah, different. Everything gets political. It's acting. It's play. <gasps> mm-hmm. It was an absolute tragedy. But to even bring that up right now, like I'm a little disappointed in you. I'll be yeah. honest with you. Oh. No, I am. That's that's because again, you can never have a bad. I'm just going to... Okay. Well, he can think... Yeah. He, he, he thought. He called. He can think about it. Yeah. You go back to your corner and you think about this question. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you for calling, though. Uh, <laughs> but do you understand my point here? Yeah. First of all, there's no reason to make everything political. Secondly, you could never play anything that you stood against, so we'd never have terrible people in movies. We'd never have murderers in movies. Well, it's pretty, pretty hypocritical. You're playing a murderer if you're against murdering. Is he still there? I don't know. Oh the caller? <laughs> loudly. Yeah, what? Well, it's the same thing. You don't think there are people playing, again, terrorist-type figures that are ant- that are loudly anti And it's a Western, and it's acting. I'm acting right now. My real name's Jim. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's the whole thing I've been keeping up. <laughs> you got us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, hey, appreciate that call. I'm, not, I'm just not going to make somebody's death political. Like, I'm not. I saw J.D. Vance, the guy who wrote Hillbilly Elegy, like, let's get Trump on so we can see some tweets. And I'm like, dude, don't be a douche. Somebody just died here. I know. She has like, a I liked family. Your, I liked your book, but you're like a real douche right now for saying this. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah. it, uh, occasionally we got to let humans have human lives and not take and try to polarize every single thing because of our political agenda. All right. Thank you. The end. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. Eddie, filling in for Lunchbox one last time. There's a guy in Missouri. He's getting pulled over by the cops, and he goes, oh, no, I think I have a warrant for my arrest. So as the cop's walking up to the car, he decides to flee on foot. He gets up, but here's the problem. He had just gotten a chocolate cream pie, so he's sitting there on the passenger seat. So he's like, I can't forget my pie. So he grabs the pie, and he starts running. Well, it slowed him down, so the cops eventually caught him. Yeah, it's probably hard to get that full arm movement with a pie. I mean, think mm-hmm. about it. You're holding it right in front of you, mm-hmm. trying to speed. You can't. Like when you see Olympic sprinters are never holding anything. <laughs> and there's a reason for that. It slows them down. Correct. I, I still think I could get away from the cops. I've said this before. You do keep saying this. I don't. How? There are two things I feel like I could do. One, get away from the cops. 
for a while. I think that they would track me down after weeks or months. And then two, beat up a kangaroo. I'll stand beside, I'll die on those hills. That if a cop was just like, ready, go, will give you three minutes, go. I'm out. You're never going to find me again. It's not true. On foot and car. All they need is a helicopter with a thermal radar. Yeah. You're done. Well, they know exactly where true. you are. You can be in a trash can. They'll find you. Hey, good luck. I still think I can do it. People still <laughs> escape. But they can't have the helicopter ready. They got to call for it. By the time true. it gets there, oh, who knows where I am? <laughs> hey, the good thing is we can put those to a test. We can find out for sure. Oh, that would be the greatest, most fun test for me. <laughs> yes. Can you run? That's a show. Like testing out running from the cops. Yeah. But you only get one cop car, two cops, two two partners, and then... Oh, you can't have the whole force? Not yet. Oh. Not yet. And what's the time limit? I get a three-minute head start. And what's the limit? Where do you win? 10 minutes? 15 minutes? No, 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 no. 12 hours. Oh. <laughs> You're crazy. You're crazy. Yeah, they will catch you. I, I got 12 hours, and if you can't find me, $50,000. <laughs> Tell me that's why not a show. You, wait, why are you so confident you can run from the cops? I just have always wanted to, and I think I could. Okay. Have you ever tried that? No. Okay. I would be scared to death. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I'll see a cop turn on the blues to pull someone else over, and I pull over, put my hands up, just in case. Okay, that's what's up. That's yeah. your bonehead. That's your bonehead story of the day. All right, let's end the show on a Monday with the Good News Countdown. It's the Good News Countdown. Counting down the biggest good news stories across the land. All right, number five to number one. Let's go. Number five. Shelter dogs that are old or sick almost never get adopted. So a couple in upstate New York started a nonprofit called Mr. Mo Project, named after their dog Moses, who had died in 2012. In the last seven years, they found homes for over 600 dogs, and currently they have 19 dogs of their own that they take care of at their house. Here is Chris Hughes talking about the cause. You know, licking you for the first time, jumping up when he hears your voice, and you just see that change kind of makes you just continue to do as much as you can to help, you know, as many dogs as you can. Number four. A clip is going viral out of New Zealand. There's a four-year-old boy calling the police emergency number because he wanted to show an officer some of his toys. In the end, an officer did show up for a fun photo opportunity and to see the toys. Here's the conversation between the boy and the dispatcher. Police, where's the emergency? Hi. What's going on? I got some toys for you. You got some toys for me? Hello? Hi there. We've received a 111 call. I'm guessing it was a mistake, child making a mistake there. There's so oh. much nicer on 911 than we would be. <laughs> wow. Hey, could get off. And the kid serves three to five. <laughs> uh. But New Zealand's cool. They're cool with that, I guess. Number three. A 32-year-old guy in Michigan says he had a dream that he was going to win a big lottery jackpot. So he went out and he bought a scratcher. Boom, hit for $1 million because of a dream. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, he only bought it because of the dream. I have a lot of dreams that ain't happening to mine. Number two. A 24-year-old farmer plowed, will you marry me into a field, and then surprised his girlfriend by taking her up in a hot air balloon. She said yes. That's amazing. Yes. Number one. A golfer got a hole-in-one the other day, which wouldn't normally be news here, except he's 99 years old. His name is Hugh Brown. He'll turn 100 in a few months. He said he's had a hole-in-one before, but it was in 1961. Oh, wow. (laughs) That long to get another one. That was the Good News Countdown. All right, that's the end of the show today. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Mr. Bobby Bowman.